In an era where everyone thinks their opinions are so damn important, I'm here to give you a little piece of my mind. Welcome to Unaffiliated the Podcast with your host, B. Seth. Let's go. Welcome to Unaffiliated the Podcast with your host, B. Seth. In this episode, I catch up with my brother Carlos and we discuss some current events revolving around racial injustice. We then discuss the idea of ego death and try to determine what it means to be a genius. You won't want to miss this. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give me a like, a follow, a share. It'll really mean the world to me. Thank you so much and I hope you enjoy. Alright, in 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Hello world, welcome to Unaffiliated, the podcast with your host, B-Seth. I have a very special returning guest in the building. Yes, sir. My brother, Carlos. What's yeah. popping? Yes, sir. Nothing much. Enjoying the holidays. Glad to be home with the family. Yes, sir. Get some time off from the busy life. You know how it gets. I heard that. And for anybody who's... A listener of the podcast, uh, you're on what season? I'll say one. Black Renaissance. I think it was one. Yeah, one of those. Black Renaissance. Yeah. We we're talking about. What were we talking about? Was that George was the, Floyd? The George Floyd stuff. Yeah, it just went down. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on edge. A lot of people protesting. I was yeah. in Atlanta, the center of all the of that stuff. Of black stuff. Yeah, the center sure. of black stuff. Center of the protests. Mm-hmm. And it was just a crazy, crazy time, man. Like everybody was just. I have never seen anything like it. What do you feel like we've learned from that as a as a people? Not really a nation, but just as, as black people. I don't think niggas learn nothing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really don't. I, I feel like it's just same same tactics. We do the same stuff. Just y'all, talking that good talking. Y'all, y'all need to go vote. Go vote. We... We was we was going hard for Joe Biden. Yeah, you need to vote for Joe. Get Joe Fuck in there. Joe Biden. Joe gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we got Joe in there. First thing Joe did was give Asians their uh, right, right, their bills, their stuff. And Kamala said she ain't gonna do nothing specific for black people. So uh-huh. I don't, I don't think we learned. We really didn't learn too much, man. Mm. But, but uh, it was funny though because I actually had a coworker, man, from. Mm-hmm. Man, we ain't worked together for like maybe five, six years. She hit me up on uh, IG during all this time. It was oh, really? like, yeah, she was like, yeah, I remember, you know, back in the day we had, we were having a conversation about Dylan Roof. Yeah, and, yeah. And the uh, whole that whole church shooting thing. And then she was like, at the time you were you were trying to tell me how it was racially motivated and how racism is still a thing. And she was like, she wasn't and, hearing it. and I wasn't hearing it. Mm-hmm. And then after George Floyd, she hit me up and was like, I just want to apologize <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for everything. I should have been more open. And I just want you, right. the crazy thing, she was like, I want you, I just want you to know that I'm educating I, my children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right. so they could be better people and better know all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't even remember the conversation. Like, right. It's just another Tuesday for me. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Like, a lot of people, they don't see it through that lens. Like, I just had a conversation with somebody, a uh, white dude, and we were just picking each other's brains about how we perceive mm-hmm. America. And he was so shocked by a lot of my takes and 
how I don't trust the justice system and mm-hmm. how I don't do this, how I don't do that. And, you know, he's of the elk or the belief of it's here to protect everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you've never seen it, you know, just completely destroy people, you would never look at it in that manner. Yeah, they have a different perspective. And yeah. I, I get it. Like, I'm not really mad at it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they, they, j- they have no knowledge of what happens on the granular level right with black people as it you know as it goes with uh the the um justice system with cops and all that stuff they just mm-hmm. don't know right right like there's there's stuff i probably say some ignorant stuff about like gay people or someone else because i'm not in that sector so right. i just don't understand this the same you know level of stuff that they go through mm-hmm. so i'm not really mad at it you ain't got to educate your kids and all that stuff just i mean you can you can at home say I don't like niggas at your at your dinner table. Just just don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick in public. That's it. That's all. That's, that's all people really want. Like I don't care if you like me. Uh-huh. Just respect me in public. That's pretty much what I said. I just did an episode about Dave Chappelle's special, and uh, we're talking about how he's being canceled and this, that, and the other. And I was telling my homeboy like it's not about you necessarily accepting me. It's just don't uh keep me from opportunity and uh just respect me that's the main you don't thing. have to accept me respect me so that's that's really what it's all about i think a lot of people have it twisted and think that different disenfranchised groups groups want to like overpower them or something or destroy them or yeah you know what i mean like this is mentality that if we give them power they're going to use it against us because of what historically has happened to them well that's i mean that's kind of low-key you low-key recognize your privilege even if you you think that way you have to recognize it yeah yeah to feel like and i just think that i don't know why that people in power people of privilege they have that scarcity mindset like if you have it that means i don't Right, but there's plenty of shoot. There's black people who got that mentality. There's a lot of black people with that mentality, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of resources to go around, man. Right, and if you have more of an abundant mindset, that if I give it, it'll come back in some form or way. Mm-hmm. It always does, because if you give it out, you enrich somebody else. They give right. it out, the whole community gets enriched. If the community gets enriched, you know, it'll come back to you. Facts. You gotta have that mindset. Though. Facts. How you feel about uh, what's the kid now with the, they are. At the protest. Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. How Rittenhouse. do you feel about the Rittenhouse verdict? Roadhouse. You're the perfect Roadhouse. You're the perfect person for this conversation. How do you feel about Rittenhouse? I think that I don't understand totally mm-hmm. what black people were mad about. Honestly. Me neither. <laughs> aren't all the victims? All well, the- I don't know. Let me not talk about it. But aren't two out of three white and the one who didn't die is black? It's or my, my tripping. It's my understanding that the people and not that you know this shit's fucked up either way. But yeah, either is way. it a black issue? I didn't see it as a personally. I didn't see it as a black issue. Uh huh. Because I was like, when it first broke, like niggas was mad. So I was like, damn, he must have shot you know two <laughs> black dudes. Went but to, he was at a was it not a Black Lives Matter thing? That's protest? The, that's the only part of it that I feel like could be racialized. Yeah, because he went to a Black Lives Matter protest, right? With the mindset of I need to be here to make sure these people stay in line. Yeah, that's wild. 
And so, but his uh, actually interaction or getting into it, yeah, it was two white people that he killed. Mm-hmm. And so, really, people were really getting polarized during yeah. the trial. Right. And it was like, I, it's not like a personal problem. It's not like some white folk shit that, that, mm-hmm. they, that they need to get together and, and figure out all, all this white on white crime. It's getting out of right. hand. Right. I didn't really just feel like the connection to us. I know some people were saying, well, if he was black, he would have went to jail. Like, uh, uh, that, if, yeah. if anybody was black doing anything, they would have went to jail. That's facts. That's if, facts. If, if we controlled the economic system mm-hmm. and 2009 crash happened, yeah. everybody in charge would have went to jail if they were black. Right. You can say that about everything, but I, I just didn't feel like, I, sometimes I feel like black people give their energy to too much stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel and like... And not always the right things. It's never the right thing. It's always what I consider the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's easy to attack, that makes you feel better about doing something. You go for that, and you spend all your energy and resources on all this low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And then stuff that could actually make a difference, nobody ever reaches up and goes for that. You just spend all your energy down here. Someone says, nigga, you want to cancel him? You know, Rittenhouse, he, he killing white folks. You still trying to... Mm-hmm. Jump in and, and and racialize that. So I was like, uh, yeah, I think either way, uh, the fact that they didn't get him on just the illegal possession—that's what surprised me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so much surprised that he got away with killing people in self-defense, because you know they were saying, well, he was fearing for his life. I don't doubt that. He had a, a mob of people who were trying to make him chill out. Because yeah, it's mean, like, yo, you look like the aggressor right now. We're just peacefully protesting. And even if not, we ain't hurting people. Yeah, he we ain't. out here throwing shit at windows and shit, and right. you out here with an AR, like from jump. Right, like he showed you came up out there with an AR. With your mom, your mom dropped you off with an AR fifteen, which makes me, you know, that's why sometimes I go back and forth with it because I feel like you were looking for trouble. He had to be. Yeah, you you. Came. He was ready for trouble. I don't know if he was looking for, it, but he was ready for it. And I mean, it, he was locked and loaded. Yeah, like he didn't have to like cock back and put one in the chamber first you know, like yeah. you just started spraying when it, when, it, when things shit hit the fan yeah so yeah uh, that part I can see how people get upset and I think people are just upset because it just it's just another just example another of white folks white privilege example yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a wild story because he broke so many laws before he even stepped out the car I mean I knew it was a rap when the judge started throwing out the charges that were likely to stick yeah so like the the murder stuff was hard to stick because it it was a technical self-defense yeah exactly even though he showed up armed it was a self-defense mm-hmm. um because he didn't from my understanding he didn't really start shooting until they started like threw him down and started like chasing him and hitting shit. him and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah so he let all that stuff ride because he knew it wouldn't stick so i was like oh yeah he about to get off yeah, nah, that then was... Then that stuff in Georgia, the Ahmad Arbery... That was stuff. wild. So it was, but, I mean... It was, it was like a one-for-one... Like, yeah, <laughs> like it balanced out. We we took Rittenhouse, <laughs> we'll give y'all the right. Arbery murders. Like, give us Kyle, we'll give you these three motherfuckers over here. <laughs> but they, there was no way to defend that, though. Even them themselves couldn't, couldn't really say much. No, nah, afterwards, they were like, yeah, we messed up. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we know we shouldn't have did that. Yeah. Damn. And that happened in Georgia down the down the road from where we were yeah. at. Hmm. And the crazy part about that case was that they were walking around free for like months. Yeah. Uh, the DA or whoever was in charge at the time had like dismissed it. 
and wasn't planning on uh, taking charges, yeah. charges or anything like that. It wasn't until it was either like a friend or a family member that uh, uh, like started DMing activists, different activists around the around the country and stuff. And then they got a hold of the story and they started putting yeah. pressure on it. And then they then they mm. went down. I feel like that's how a lot of things are going now, though. Yeah. Like if it doesn't get that social media kind of attention, a lot of these legal entities aren't really going for these cases because it looks bad. It does look bad just from a professional standpoint. It looks bad when you have to handle something like that. Yeah. So they just try to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Cause I mean, their constituents really don't care. Yeah. Their constituents are like those three men were justified with what they did. Right. But your job is to do what's right. Uh huh. So a lot of them are faced with, like, faced with the consequences of: Do I do what's right, or do I do what's gonna let me keep my job? Because otherwise, I'm gonna get voted, and not only am I gonna get voted out, true, but I can't go to church because my church members gonna look at me funny. Uh huh. I can't go to the the gym with my boys anymore because they gonna look at me funny. It's like a whole their whole life is tied up. Into in that community that kind of community yeah no, that's crazy so then so like they're like shit forget that i'm just gonna shoot down the rug Mm-mm. well good thing justice was served shout outs to who do i shout out here the court uh, system sean for king, once i guess sean <laughs> king do we shout out do, how do we feel about sean king i don't know is man. he outsider an insider what is he I don't know, man. He, he all, all seems know, to work very hard, but is he working correctly? I don't know. I, I, I can't give you a proper no, analysis. I have no idea. I know that he does, like, a, there's there's good stuff that he does. All the bad stuff is, like, allegations. Yeah. I've never seen, like, any... Like, anything concrete. Concrete or anything like that. But all, all niggas know, do be hating, though. They And they hate on him. Niggas probably do be cause, hating. Probably because he's light-skinned. And he's half-white, right? And he's half-white. Yeah. And he's doing... He's trying to do stuff for the black community, and they feel like maybe it's not his place or whatever. But I don't like that, especially if you ain't doing nothing yourself. Yeah, if you're not... It's different if it's all political powers or different activists mad at him. But if it's just niggas at home on the internet, man, it's, oh, it's, just, it's like, always it's just it's always just niggas on the internet. On the yeah. internet, and all I know is that some dude had the biggest flame of Twitter history. Yeah. They, they, they call that man Talcum X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, oh hell no, that's that crazy. Was but I mean, he put, from what I know, understand he be putting in work. So yeah, hey, yeah. Shout out Sean King. He's always talking about it. So. That's the first step. Get some eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to uh, Sean King, man. Exposure. So I know in our last podcast we were talking about economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been getting in the crypto space and stocks. I mean, I've been trying to uh, keep up with the crypto. The funny thing about that whole crypto world, blockchain, all that stuff, it's mm-hmm. moving so fast. It's moving fast as fuck. It's just like for as soon, sure. As soon as you hear about a coin, and you're like, "Oh, that sounds it's too late." It's too late. Too late. Mm-hmm. By the time, because like when you hear about it, is the time you should probably buy in. Mm-hmm. But then, it's, but if you want to be, do your due diligence and research, yeah, and the functionality and all that stuff. By the right. time you finish your research, it'll move on to another coin. Mm-hmm. And those coins are probably not the best to invest in anyway, unless you're just trying to do a quick gamble, quick make, in and out, make a quick in and out, pump and dump, 
pump and dump. The biggest thing is to just you gotta research um, these coins' use case, man. Yeah, what they're used for. Uh, I think I think Bitcoin uh, will be like a will be like gold, be the new gold. Mm-hmm. Ethereum will probably be like the new oil, and then you may have two or three other major coins that are used. I know the metaverse is using specific coins for. Right, there are transactions on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff is just using the Ethereum uh, blockchain, so it makes sense that Ethereum will probably become one of the major players in the long run. But there's still a lot that I'm trying to learn and keep up with. But that shit is going fast as hell. Yeah, no, this the whole everything is crazy. This whole metaverse stuff is crazy. Metaverse is wild, but dope at the same time. It's dope. I think it's really dope in this generation how there's just so many avenues of just becoming a millionaire. It's like there's it's, no It's almost excuse. easy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't figured it out yet, but I feel like it's, I could just throw something at the wall. Eventually, it'll stick. Yeah, it's Just with like... how the internet works. You just have to figure out, again, if you're in that space, investing in the right things, if you're more in the social media space, finding an audience. And sometimes you can do both. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the people who, you know, sell information or sell insight to stocks that, you know, they might not know that much about. Mm-hmm. You just trust their word because they're believable and they do their due diligence. Right. And they're selling that to people. Yeah, I mean, they, they found something they're good at. They like to yeah. do. Uh, there's a use case for it. There's right. a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so nowadays with the Internet, you yourself can package anything because... You know, growing up, people always said, you know, knowledge is power, knowledge right. is power. You have, Cap. Yeah, you have knowledge. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> Cap. But, well, that's what they're doing. They're taking they're yeah. taking knowledge that's in demand, they're packaging it, and then they're, they're just sending it out themselves. That's true. Back when back when I was little, you know, you couldn't, you, could, you, you had to be in a certain space for your knowledge to mean something. And to get in that space, it was like very limited you know, positions available for that. You, mm-hmm. know, you had to go be a professor or somebody, yeah. or you had to be a part of a big organization and be a speaker or some stuff like that. And now you can just get on there and go direct the consumer. And if you have the personality for it and the knowledge is interesting and fun and people mm-hmm. want to get into right. it, like earn your, earn your leisure, like man, 10 years shout ago. Shout out to EYL. Man, shout out to EYL. I listen mm-hmm. to them all the time. Me too, me too. And have been super, super heavy. Put yes in chat if you made me some money. <laughs> right. Ian Dunlap, Ian Dunlap has made me some money <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago, they wouldn't have had that space to do mm-hmm. that. And if they wanted to do that, where would they have to go? To a brokerage firm? Yep. Uh, to CNBC? And even then, they would have on, to have a big cosign. A big, co- huge yeah. cosign. So, mm-hmm. that, so that's information, piece of the culture that we don't even get. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have had access to if it wasn't for the internet. Right. I, I, there was a quote that said the internet like democratized business or just democratized no, that's a fact. the whole thing yeah that's a fact like you say you can go just directly to consumer now Don't like with this this goes directly to my listeners if if whenever we do patreon directly to listener mm-hmm. there is, there is no middleman at this point almost you know what I mean? Mm-mm. So that's that's the beautiful part. I mean, you know, little companies they'll take their percentages out for you using their platform, but that's not the same as not somebody same not as... allowing you to do something like or that, opening yeah. that gate for you. Yeah, right. Because right. back in the day, that percentage was flipped, so you may pay 
Spotify eight mm-hmm. percent or something like right. that. Back in the day, Spotify would pay you eight mm-hmm. percent and keep the other ninety two. Yeah. That's why you had so many broke artists, so many rappers and singers mm-hmm. and all these entertainers that were broke all the time. Right. They were just getting robbed of their art. And then that's another thing with the metaverse and NFTs, it'd be an easier way for artists to get recognized and put yep, their stuff get the work out there. Put their work out there, man. Independent. Yeah. I feel like independent for a lot of artists might be the move. I think labels are still good for some artists, but I think some artists have what it takes to to go the independent route. Because I do think some artists need that stimulus package of just, we'll push you, we'll promote you, we'll get you here, we'll get you there. Because it, it requires a bit of business savviness mm-hmm. to effectively do that. Like you can't just be dope yeah. and want to do it by yourself and do it uh, effectively. Yeah. You got to have that hustle. So the label works for some people. I'm not going to tell people not to do the label or even with whatever. Like sometimes you might need that contract that might give you those extra things. But shoot, if you if you can make it happen yourself, keep that keep those extra percentages. No, for sure. Yeah, some people, you know, they just they just want to be cool. They just want to rap. Yeah. So they may need a label, but other people are really about their money. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the some of the few independent people I witnessed growing up, like yeah, uh, Master P. Mas- Master P is a big one. I think Master, I think P's Master P doesn't get his oh no, Master due P's respect. He do, do respect, oh. especially when it comes Sorry, to like listeners. the like the business side of stuff. Uh huh. Um, Master P is a goat genius. Jay Prince, he don't really get his respect from like this. this I think most people don't know Jay Prince of this generation. They don't until recently. Shit, some of them don't know Master P. Like they just kind of they hear his name in the. They know Romeo. Guys, they know Romeo. <laughs> they they eat rap chips. Or yeah, they eat the, yeah, the rap <laughs> snacks. So they so they know him from there. Yeah, but those two were really big. I think from like a because they were more bosses but from like an artist perspective who understood the business and independent route mm-hmm. uh ray j oh and, yeah and soldier boy well right both of them i will give both of them the credit for being two artists who are really good in the technical space the technology mm-hmm. space because you know ray j is killing with his headphones now shit no it was a sex tape but that was one of the most Im- impactful pieces of product in impactful. the past 20 years. It really was. <laughs> it put a lot of people on. And uh, so Ray J's always been the internet guy, kind of. Soldier Boy came in the game on the internet. He yeah. made MySpace MySpace. He made, shoot, I was rapping back. Do you remember that? Yeah. He created that. Yeah, he did. So he made it to where you could be a high school kid, get with your homeboys who make beats, put a song out on your MySpace and it could possibly blow up. Blow, and it did. And it did, for him, for sure. Yeah, he so, did. like, Soulja Boy has always been, for the internet artist, I think Soulja Boy is the blueprint, to be honest. He really is. People th- you know, think he's a joke because of yeah. all the antics and stuff, but he was he was next level. Yeah. Because, I mean, he first came out, and he was, you know, doing that stuff. Oh, you know, he can't rap, don't like the songs. And then you see articles, he's worth 50 million. People yeah. are like, how the hell he worth 50 million? He a million his stuff. times, yeah. <laughs> he owned his own stuff. <laughs> Straight out his basement, Fruity Loops. Yeah, all your favorite rappers didn't own their stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he produced it, wrote it, owned the publishing. He got albums going two, three, four times platinum, where he owned the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. 
Now, Soldier Boy's a beast. Oh, hell yeah. So, you know, shout out to Soldier Boy for that. Yeah. Yeah. What's next for you? What what, what areas um, are you looking at? Man. To? I know you're talking about possibly uh, writing a book or a podcast. What are you, talk, what are you trying to do? I do want to I do want to write a book I got a lot of mm-hmm. thoughts in my head and I just need to like get them out yeah and I think it could be an interesting book because I feel like I've had an interesting life and mm-hmm. an interesting perspective on life yeah uh, so I think a book would be dope I think a podcast would be cool I'm really into history so if I did a podcast I would want to do like a uh, some kind of history type podcast where I like to read works from actual historians yeah and i like to read works from people who were actually there so you get a pretty cool perspective on stuff when you hear it from those sources yeah instead of textbooks right or somebody telling you some shit like a third like party a teacher a third party mm-hmm. or something like that uh so there's, a, there's like a lot of pieces of history that people just don't know and there's yeah. a lot of interesting stuff about big events that oh damn i didn't think that happen like that mm-hmm. uh, if you just like dig deep so I think that would be dope to do a little podcast like a revisionist history type of podcast type thing hell yeah nah, but right now man shit just getting used to being a parent yeah that, shout out to parenthood how's yeah. that treating it's crazy man it's like every emotion imaginable you feel <laughs> yeah throughout the day <laughs> because can't nobody disrespect you quite like your kid <laughs> yeah they try you huh they try push you, you to a certain limit and then it's like you can't do nothing about it then if you really do something you feel bad cause yeah. it's like damn it's just a little kid uh-huh. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that yeah and it's challenging though like people think it's all all nice and sweet mm-hmm. and everything's good and it is it's good stuff too but it's like there's there's a lot to come with there's it. some challenges that people never really talk about mm-hmm. like feeling like you're not doing your best or you could do better or mm. oh, I should have known this should have known that mm. that's then, interesting I never yeah. quite heard that perspective nah, people won't tell you that shit because people will always be like oh my angels my baby and yeah. all that stuff and that's my dog I love him but you know he can mm-hmm. be he can be on that other end too right um, in the end of course it's all worth it but mm-hmm. no one ever really gets into like the more challenging aspects of mm. being a parent one of which Two is always being worried, like especially when they're young and they start daycare, they're gonna be sick a lot. Yeah, their their immune system's trying to catch up, and they're around all those other kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're always worried that this is something else. Especially since like we had him, we had him early March. Yeah, and the pandemic hit the next week. Oh, damn. Like, yeah. the, like the week after he was born, the hospital actually stopped letting the fathers go into the delivery room. Really? And wow. They, and they, no guests, no nothing. They just like, mm-hmm. shut the hospital down Dang. and all that stuff. Like a week later, all his early appointments I couldn't go to because yeah. they, they wouldn't let two parents in. We didn't know what corona really was. We didn't know if it would take him out. Dang. He was a baby and stuff. So you, you're dealing with the emotions of being a new parent on top of trying to navigate that through pandemic pandemic. yeah and it's like damn my family oh my my kid needs some diapers let me go to walmart Uh, walmart has a line wrapped around the building i get inside maybe there's diapers maybe there's not damn maybe there's wipes maybe there's not yeah uh 
my wife was breastfeeding mm-hmm. um but we were trying to get formula like just in case you know something happened the supplies not where it needs to be so we were worried about that yeah and so man trying to juggle all that it, it was Dang. it was tough yeah, that's so it's, crazy. It's almost like you couldn't really en- fully enjoy it how you wanted to because you were trying to battle with other stuff. Yeah, survival mode right now. Yeah, you're getting survival mode. Mm-hmm. You know, work. We didn't know what was gonna happen with work. Like, yeah, just got a new kid. Am I gonna get fired now? Like, yeah, like, shit. that's crazy. So uh, yeah, that that was tough. Oh, that's super crazy. That's super tough, man. But we get it's calming down on that end now. Uh, he's about to be two now. Hey, yeah. it's crazy. Time yeah. is flying. Time is flying. So he, he's a uh, he's something else. He's something else. He sure, sure is. <laughs> Shout out to the baby boy. Shout out, Caden. Hey, Caden. He he's actually fighting his sleep right now. Yeah, you might be, have to go in there in a minute. You need to be sleep. <laughs> yeah, I may have to go in a second, but we'll uh, continue on for now. All right, well, let's close it out here. Uh, if this is your book. What is this chapter in your life called? Mm, death. Death. Why is that? Explain. Because I feel like uh, having a kid, not just having a kid, but coming to a part of my life now uh-huh. where I feel like the person I was can't accomplish what I need him to accomplish. Mm. Ego death? Ego or death. something in that e- e- ego parts of my personality mm-hmm. uh and just certain aspects of me mm-hmm. which in my opinion if you kill certain aspects of you right you know that's you're not you you transform right and so i feel like i need to be somebody else now to be able to get to where i want to go yeah and go to where i want to go um Cause you get to a like you get to a bit of a midlife crisis after a while, cause you get settled. What in. age did you hit that? Around the start of the pandemic, like right, oh, a little really? bit before the start of pan- pandemic, like maybe like thirty four or five ish mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Where you look around and life starts to feel so final, mm-hmm. like damn, this is it. Like there's nothing left. Like no more optimism. N- no no more options. Mm-hmm. So like when you're when you're young, you're a kid, like kids are full of potential. A kid can be anything mm-hmm. and it's possible. Right. Like Caden can be an astronaut and, and it's, it's possible. Mm-hmm. A football player is possible. Mm-hmm. When he gets 10, 12, those possibilities dwindle a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get to 18, a little more, 22, a mm-hmm. little more, a little more to the point where 30, 30, 35. That's where I'm at. You get to the point yeah. where the possibilities have become less and less and less and less to where it feels like I don't have any more options and, yeah. and where I'm at is final. And if where you're at isn't where you want to be, that can be a, a pretty, a pretty rough day. Devastating for Devastating sure. Devastating day mm-hmm. to realize that, yeah. damn, this is it. Right. And, uh, that's where people kind of get to that age and try to create possibilities. They change careers on the way. Uh-huh. Buy a Ferrari, start hanging out, clubbing, doing this crazy stuff because they're yeah. tr- they're trying to recreate those possibilities, that feeling, and make that child come alive again. Uh-huh. Cause they need that child to come mm. back and and save them. The starry eyed, because that's that's really where people I feel like have like a lot of depression surrounding that midlife crisis thing is that 
they feel like, man, this is it. And there's yeah. no more options. This is what I've worked myself into. And if you're unhappy with it, mm-hmm. you don't want to keep going. You don't want to keep going. Mm-hmm. I know Jordan Peterson was had a speech. I was listening to him one time, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about talking about that same concept of you know the finality of life and the and being a child and having all these possibilities. And as they go down, you become depressed as an adult. Um, where where people get around that mm-hmm. is that he calls it choosing your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. you're going to have to kill that child that child part of yourself mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. or life is going to do it for you right if life does it for you that's when you're 40 50 years old midlife crisis and it's not a good day yeah that is a terrible day depressive day you can or you can kill the child yourself early choose something early getting to a lane early and then 20 or whatever and then you have more time in that lane to the point where you become really good at it. Yeah. And once you get to a point of mastery, options open back up. Mm, okay. And it makes you not feel so time crunched. So so time crunched because mm-hmm. you can, you know, you I don't know fucking like I'm a doctor. You become a yeah. doctor at 22 instead of 30. Uh, and then by the time you're 30, you feel like you've mastered it to the point where I have so many options to go so many ways because I'm just 30. Yeah. As opposed to letting life choose and then you get into your lane at 33, 34. Right. And then by the time you feel like you're at a mastery level, you're mm-hmm. 45, 50. And because of your age, you feel like those same options didn't blossom. Mm-hmm. So, so his point was the earlier you start, the more you can create options later in life and it hmm. kind of helps with that depression. Interesting. Yeah. So at, so at this point, it's death and rebirth mm-hmm. and figuring out who I am now and how I want to move forward. Move forward from here. Especially with a, with a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's some deep stuff. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? I agree. Been doing a lot of thinking. Been been in my head a lot lately. Yeah, it's crazy up there. Even you start getting into your own head. Learning yourself is so. I don't want to say scary, but damn, it's it's eye opening. It's eye opening how much I didn't really know myself until I started doing that. Mm -hmm. And just seeing the things. I think that's Caden right there, ain't it? Yeah. And just seeing the things that trigger me and make me respond a certain way to things that have put me in a certain emotional space or mental space. It's, it's crazy when you break yourself down. But I think it's so important. It's almost like that necessary evil. Like like you said, you have to kill that kid. I think that's that's so true. Yeah, man. And it's uh like self, be, being able to take self-inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably one of the the greatest skills you can have for success and yeah moving forward in life because too many times we ignore those weaknesses yeah and they don't go away they don't and then and if you, you don't just don't you, acknowledge them don't acknowledge them sleeping under the rug right after a while that dirt pile under the rug gets so big you get a you lump see in it, it. yeah start to see it mm-hmm and then, then you have to do something and and having to face it after mm-hmm. it's accumulated it's much more difficult to uh get to a resolution that's true 
but it's hard looking in on yourself because you have to admit stuff to yourself yeah that you know oh i'm not as strong as i thought i was or i like i pretend to be mm-hmm. or maybe i am sensitive maybe my feelings are hurt when someone does this or says this and then you feel like a less of a person mm-hmm. and then you get mad with yourself because you've been fronting yeah the whole time and sometimes there's a little bit of resentment of where you are in life because you feel like you didn't that's what i was about to say do you think it always comes back to like a a success conversation or like a what have you produced at this point what have you created what does your bank account look like do you think it usually at least for men do you think it usually comes full circle there because we're so accustomed historically to be providers yeah i think most men it comes back to money success some kind Mm -hmm. of way because that's the barometer by which society uh, gauges us gauges us right right so like society kevin samuel says it a lot Mm -hmm. society really gauges men on what you can produce and what you can provide exactly only women and children get loved unconditionally facts when's the last time you've seen a man that wasn't working wasn't producing wasn't providing that people loved him anyway have a whole movement on the internet never movement on never Mm -hmm. never will When you see homeless men on the street, there's not the same level of concern as if you see a homeless woman on the street or homeless children on the street. Facts. When they see a homeless man, why ain't you got a job? Right. Or you messed up. McDonald's hiring. You can go. Mm -hmm. You can. You can go in there and get a job at McDonald's, can't you, or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. I think that adds to a lot of men's stress. Like men, I think men feel kind of forgotten about. Well, you feel less like a man if you can't do those quote unquote man things. Yeah. Which is again provide have a certain level of production in your life, productivity, uh, X, Y, and Z. Like, those are the things that really define who we are. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was thinking the other day, like, there's a lot of geniuses in the world, right? Artistically, scientifically, whatever. But I think another aspect of being a genius is people recognizing that you're a genius. Mm. Because, you know, you can call yourself a genius all day. You might be. But I think it's not really validated until it's two-sided. And a lot of people don't make it to that other side. Mm. So now imagine all the people who feel like that, that don't have that that confirmation from the other side because they never produced anything. Mm. Never produced nothing to get that validation. To get the validation. Not that the validation is that important, but can you call yourself that if you haven't produced anything? Um, for some people you can be a genius you could be the best singer rapper whatever in the world architect if you've never done anything are you that i guess the question is was einstein not a genius all the way up until the point where his theory of relativity was accepted he was a genius but we would not acknowledge him as a genius because his genius didn't impact us. So are you a genius if your genius never has an impactful... I think it's a waste of genius. So you're not a genius. You're a genius, but your genius is wasted. Hmm. And nobody will ever know your genius. It's almost it's like... Almost, the, almost like you're not a genius. Yeah, essentially, might as well not be. Because, you know, it's like that whole saying, I don't know, it's some spiritual saying, uh, God gifted us life and what we do with our life is the gift of god some mm-hmm. something like that i think that's true in any facet whatever it is whether it's being a doctor lawyer artist i think how we use that 
and how we impact the world is kind of how we will go down in history or whatever or mm. no matter how big or how small that's that's our legacy you think that's why a lot of people deal with things like anxiety depression later in life because they feel like it's a wasted life yes Mm-hmm. I would agree because there ha- there is a, l- a level of confirmation, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you do it for that, but it just kind of solidifies everything. Man, I I think people are we've evolved to be a part of a community. So people mm-hmm. people whether they like to admit it or not, they yearn for that kind of connection, that kind of communal bond. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're a genius and you're the only one that thinks it, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's enough for most people. It's not. I think most people will front and be like, like people. I, I used to front, but I don't care. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah, you know, I, I do me. I do me, man. Low key, you care. I mean, it's like it's okay to do you, but again, if you're not impactful, if you're not making a difference to some extent, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Like, what's that? Uh, knowledge isn't power. It's the application of knowledge that's so, power. So can you be a genius without having the ability to apply your genius? I don't think so. If you just have I a think good you, idea. N- nope. Because maybe part of that genius is also conveying the genius. That's what I was going to say. Because sometimes, yeah. like... The smartest people, the best technicians are like terrible teachers. Mm-hmm. And if you're unable to really put it in a way where you can teach other people. Right. And, you know, like you said, express that. Are you not really a genius? Then? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good one. <clears throat> Some deep shit. Yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I don't know what, what made me think about that. But it's like, yo, you can say you're a genius all day. You can feel like you could, you're a genius. You can know you're a genius. But until that other side also acknowledges that, mm-hmm. I don't think it's true genius. I would agree. Which is sounds very shallow, but sounds <laughs> sound counterintuitive. Yeah, right. It sounds like damn, you're supposed to not care about that, right? And I'm not saying you should, but it is a factor. I think so because I mean, yeah, to make an impact, you have to be impactful. Be impactful, exactly. And, and that depends on someone else saying, "Hey, that shit impacted me." Right. And it's like, "Oh, great." That's true. Now I'm a genius. It's a lot of people in their basements doing amazing things that nobody will ever know about. I went to high school with this kid. He used to make beats. Mm-hmm. Beats were sick, fire. Yeah. He was like real shy, real introverted, and uh, those beats probably would never see the light of day. Mm. Mm-hmm. But if Kanye did them, you probably would have been like, "Oh damn, Kanye! That is Kanye's genius. He a new bag, genius. Mm-hmm. Kanye genius. Everything Kanye do, genius. Not everything, but Donda was good. But we already did that. Like we that. ain't got to do it again. Yeah, I know you didn't like it. <laughs> I, 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 I missed the old Kanye. Hey, this has a lot of traces of old Kanye in it, and that drink champs. I don't know if you saw that. I saw parts of the Drink Champs, and he, I mean, he made some valid points. Uh, nah, he went that. in on that first one. I don't know why they did that second one though. That was overkill. Yeah, some stuff I get with, some stuff I don't. I couldn't get past like the dun 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 dun. Well, see, to my knowledge, he's trying to create a traveling art show. So you know, think about going to like an art show that's just super abstract. You see some crazy shit. He's trying to turn his concerts into that. Essentially, 
very avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Avant-garde. Yeah. Whatever they call it. Out the avant-garde, box. Abstract. Yeah, avant-garde is not my style. Yeah. But, hey, I get it. I mean, I, I don't get, like, the fashion stuff. And, yeah. Like, art. Certain art and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, Basquiat. I look at his paintings. Basquiat got you know, some like, weird shit. I'm like, I don't see it. But, shit. Low-key from the country, for real. So what But impactful. Impact it, niggas. He's a genius. Yes, he's a genius. I can't take it from him. Shout out to Basquiat and Kanye. It's Basquiat and Kanye. <laughs> and Jay-Z. And all the genius. And, and Hove. And Jay-Z for teaching me who Basquiat was. I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, didn't they just purchase like one of his pieces or something recently? They bought some. Or a couple I million. I think they bought several, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. That's like they knew bad. Yeah, shout out to all this black excellence. But all right, Los Lau. Y'all know what's happening. Thank you for joining us again, blessing us with this commentary. Uh, where can the people find you? For sure, man. I'm on uh, IG, C underscore, J-O-H-N-Z. Uh, that's it for real. I really don't do nothing else like that. Just IG. Word. I post a lot of shit on there. And when can we expect the book or the, the podcast? I don't know, man, because <laughs> I'm marinating in it right now. Yeah, cause I feel, don't I, rush it. Because I feel like so many people write books, and, 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 the and they be whack. terrible. The books are just whack. whack. Just whack. Everybody shouldn't write a book. Generic advice Yeah. and stuff like that. I want, like, a deep book. Like, give me something that's, like, I would have to dig for some kind of information like that. And, and that's what I want to do. I want, yeah. I want something where it's, like, you don't just, like, if someone came up to me and was like, oh, man, yeah, I read your book over the weekend. And it was great. Like, I don't want you to read, read a, my book over the weekend. I want you to sit with it for right. a little while. Like, you, mm-hmm. re, you read a chapter, you're like, I got to sit with that for like a week or some stuff like right. that. And then I want to be able to speak to it with conviction. Like, you see these people write the book, go on tour, and they really can't even speak to it with a it's certain very level bland, of bland, yeah, and generic. Like mm-hmm. a, like a, and you, you can just tell it was like, oh, this person had an interesting experience. Let's make let's capitalize off this experience. Yeah. Make some money. Let's write uh-huh. a book. And I also don't want a book where it's like. Sometimes I read books and you can tell like the book is four hundred pages long, and it's like man, you could have got this across much more effectively in like, like hundred. hundred, yeah. But it's like you know publishers come in and they're like, oh no, we have to have a certain length for this mm-hmm. type of book, and then you're reading a whole bunch of. You remember in school you had to write like a twenty page paper. You only had like eight pages. <laughs> And you just write like a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> like in 1492, <laughs> Christopher Columbus sailed across the sea, and across the sea he sailed in 1492. <laughs> and it was a very vast sea. It was a very big sea. <laughs> seas are big. If you didn't know, <laughs> according to Webster, seas are actually ninety-three percent <laughs> right. of the earth is covered in seas. <laughs> like, I did that what? plenty of times. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you and you see it. In yeah. people's writings where it's like <laughs> or or they're like give an example of a point and they'll yeah. give you eight examples and it's uh-huh. like after the first two I, I got I the got idea it. right <laughs> just you ain't really had much to say there so I really want to sit in all this and, spe- and especially I want to make it through this like rebirthing phase okay so you can look back on it look back on it because it's up in it's I up think it would be cool to kind of I don't know if you journal but to kind of just I keep what you're doing happening I like in I your in I your started, mind I started uh, mm-hmm. 
toward the beginning of the pandemic because I was mm-hmm. I was like dealing with some anxiety and stuff. Felt like yeah. I was having some like depression and all that. So right. I would like I would like track my day, track my thoughts, how I would go up and down, mm-hmm. what made what would make me go up and down, mm. and then like being in a down spot. But your family needing you, needing your interaction. So you can't your, be down. You can't be down. Yeah. So you have to find a way to interact and be there. Uh, new baby and all that. Right, right, right. So I, I journal all that stuff. Dope. Hell yeah. Keep that shit. Photocopy that. Right. Just in case. Right, right. For sure. NFT that shit. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> but all right, Los. Right, Thank you, you for joining me. us, man. Yeah, check on the baby. Uh, be sure to follow us, Unaffiliated the Podcast, on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Unaffiliated TP. Patreon dropping soon. If you want to hit that cash app, dollar sign Unaffiliated the Pod. And until next time, peace. <laughs>